We know that the Colts are going to get their quarterback this offseason, but what else do they need to put around them? Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Arthur, and he is Zach Hicks. You know the two of us from HorseshoeHuddle.com, of course. Today, we left it all up to you guys to tell us what you wanted to talk about. We hit you up for questions on Twitter once again, like we like to do. And so you guys decided that today we're chatting Bubba Ventrone's replacement, the free agency to-do list, and some interesting things that could happen with these quarterbacks in the upcoming draft. So uh, we're going to kick things off with the special teams coordinator, Bubba Ventrone's replacement. It's pretty much done deal. He is off to Cleveland now, and the Colts are now searching for one of their main three coordinator positions. Uh, Zach, so uh, just tonight, it's Thursday night. Uh, you put out something on Horseshoe Huddle, a little development there in the special teams coordinator department. Very slight development. Look, guys, if I'm breaking the news, then you know that it's not something very, very big or newsworthy. So obviously this is not me reporting on a hiring, uh, but I have been told that Carlos Polk, the Chicago Bears assistant special teams coach, is one of the guys that the Colts are considering, considered one of the front runners for this job. So obviously they're going to pull him in for an interview, like nothing said and done and and who knows how that stuff goes. But, you know, Carlos Polk, that's a that's an interesting name. I know saying Chicago Bears assistant coordinator is not, you know, something is particularly inspiring because, you know, the worst team in football last year. But uh, Polk is a guy who from 2001, 2008 with the San Diego Chargers primarily, I think he played one season with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he was a special teams ace in the league, had multiple double-digit tackle seasons. Very, very good player there. I think he was one of those guys with the neck rolls, too, so you just know that he was a stud linebacker in the early 2000s. Like, they all had the neck rolls. Uh, retires after 2008, gets into coaching, and he overlaps with Shane Steichen there with the Chargers in, in his coaching tenure from 2011 to 2012. So that's where the connection is with the Colts staff right now. Uh, he's jumped around a couple couple places. You know, he was there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for, I think, five years. Uh, he's spent time with the Cowboys, spent time with the Jaguars, and now he's with Matt Eberflus there in Chicago. So, you know, he's going to give a pretty good recommendation to the Colts back. But, yeah, uh, Carlos Polk is a name I've heard uh, is going to be up there. I'm sure there's going to be other interview guys, but Polk is one of them. Uh, very, very fun player in the early 2000s, very fun special teams ace. So if you guys are older football fans, you know, I'm sure that this is a name that that you've heard before. But, yeah, Carlos Polk, that's one of the names I have heard to potentially replace Bubba Ventrone, which – it is a sad thing to be saying that we're talking about replacing Bubba Ventrone, but life goes on. You know, special teams coordinators leave, you know, and you, you have to end up placing them. Uh, and Carlos Polk is just one of the guys that that uh, I've heard. Which, by the way, by the way, I just got to interject here. It is insanely hard to say Carlos Polk because my brain always goes to Chris Polk, the running back from, from like 10 years ago. I, like so many times in the article, I had to reread it like 10 times to make sure I didn't say Chris Polk. But Carlos Polk, linebacker from Nebraska, played it, played with the Chargers, been a coach the last 10 years, uh, would be a really solid hire for the Colts. I like how you interjected on yourself. 
Hold on, Zach. Let me I, talk. I almost said Chris like three times in there, and I'm like, dude, like I have to just address why I'm stuttering at the start of Carlos Polk's name every <laughs> single time is because I'm nearly saying Chris Polk because I don't know why, but that running back's name is always in my head. I guess <laughs> like Chris hey, Polk. I don't know. <laughs> happens to the best of us. Right. No, it's. Uh, right. I, I think I, I feel like I remember him playing with him on Madden adding him to my creative team as like a special teams guy. So, Hey, there you go. If my childhood or, or <laughs> teenage years are any indicator, that would be pretty solid. Uh, another thing that went up on horseshoehuddle.com today, uh, Dustin Adams, he put up a list of uh, four potential special teams coordinator hires for the Colts. Uh, each of these guys seems to have some sort of connection to the Colts or Shane Steichen. Uh, he said, Joe Hastings, uh, who's the assistant special teams coach with the Colts. That's, you know, that's an obviously obvious connection to make. Um, Joe Panunzio, the assistant special teams cor- coordinator for the Eagles. Uh, he also did a lot of stuff for Nick Saban down in Alabama. So that's intriguing. And then we got Keith Burns, uh, a special teams coordinator and defensive specialist from Tennessee State coaching under Eddie George. Uh, Burns is another uh, former player. Hastings was as well. So kind of kind of along the lines of the Bubba Ventrone thing uh, and um, and Carlos Polk. And then the last one was, of course, Rich Bisaccia, who was a finalist for the Colts for head coach. So uh, some possibilities there. I know on on one of our latest episodes, I said I am not even going to attempt to identify <laughs> special teams coordinator candidates because I don't know. There's at least five or six there for you. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, other than those names, was there anyone else you were hearing about? Because I, I haven't heard anything else. No, uh, Carlos Polk's the main one I've heard, but there are other ones, obviously. And, and I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if someone like Hastings or whatever got the job. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's all I've heard so far. Did, what, what kind of questions do we get regarding this, though? Anything that would spark you know, yeah. us going into more detail about this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, first up from Drake Wally, again, horseshoe huddle fame uh, with Bubba Ventron likely gone. How difficult will it be for the Colts to fill the special teams coordinator position? He was one of the consistent best at it for five seasons. Uh, difficult, probably not difficult. We've seen that this is apparently a, a, a Colts coaching spot is a sought after position. So I don't think it's going to be that hard to fill. I'm sure they've already interviewed a handful of people or, or gearing up to because this yeah. Ventron thing just kind of popped up. But yeah. yeah, I don't think it's going to be tough for them to fill. No, the, the biggest thing that I think, you know, if we're talking about like roles to fill with the team is uh, I think uh, who said it on someone said on Twitter, some guy I follow, some some prominent guy I follow it might have been like a Colts beat reporter or something like that. But the Colts. Uh, special teams unit is good for you know two to three game changing plays a season you mm-hmm. know and, and a lot of that is Bubba Ventrone you know we we saw it on hard knocks obviously but we've seen it uh, in other ways as well you know the special teams units have been really good under him uh, so that's going to be a hard thing to kind of replace no matter who you're bringing in and then on top of that Bubba Ventrone has had a huge hand in day three drafting like humongous hand uh, not, and also not just in day three drafting also in, uh, in undrafted free agents that have been hits here in Indy Dallas flowers, Ashton Doolin. Those are guys that Bubba Ventrone really wanted for special teams. And they've obviously been great on special teams and have advanced a little bit more than that. Uh, if you're going to day three drafting, you know, Zaire Franklin, EJ speed, Isaiah Rogers senior. Like these are guys that are on the team mainly because of Bubba Ventrone and the work of some area scouts as well. So yeah, I think Bubba Ventrone's impact is going to hurt the Colts a little bit. By the end of the day, you know, it, it pales in comparison to losing a head coach or, or you know, 
missing at quarterback. So it's not like the end of the world, but you know, it does hurt a little bit. Bo Ventron was a really good coach and did a lot of good things for the Colts. Yeah, no doubt. He seems to be a savant when it seems to spotting things on film and then actually putting it on, on the field uh, on game day. It seems to come true. Um, next one is from feet for fish. How, how likely will it be to have the special teams coordinator and position coach spots filled before the start of the combine? This is an interesting one because I think a lot of people are getting antsy of the timing of this whole thing. And like we mentioned recently, they're not going to announce these positions one by one. Like things will probably leak one by one, but the Colts will announce all their coaching changes all at once. Once all the positions are filled. But uh, what do you think before the combine? I mean, that's next week. So I don't think we're gonna have an official announcement until like halfway through the combine or after the combine. Right. Just you know, the Colts are slow playing it. Like they've been slow playing everything this offseason, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, they got Shane Steichen, so I can't complain, you know, about the <laughs> their process with this stuff. But you know, it's gonna take some time. We'll we'll get some stuff leaking out. Hopefully, hopefully Roy Isvan is one of those things that gets leaked out here in the next couple of days. But but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with with it. I I just don't think we're gonna get like a full team announcement until you know a little bit into the combine or after the combine it's just it doesn't seem like it's close i, I could be wrong but it's just they again they're slow playing this they're, they're taking the interview process and and they're trying to find the best guys for these jobs so i i can't complain about their process at all it just feels like it's going to be in a little bit yeah it, it might be in the next couple weeks you know a little bit into march but it, it shouldn't drag on but I don't want to assume that everything on the defensive side of the ball is ironclad, but like at least they don't have like a laundry list of stuff to do there. So, right. I don't, I think it'll probably be a little sooner rather than later. I mean, like, again, just to interject, they haven't even mm-hmm. announced any interviews for a defensive coordinator yet, which again, they didn't do that for special teams coach. So maybe Gus Bradley's leaving, but I'm assuming, you know, I know what, ha- I know what they say when you assume, you know, but I'm assuming Gus Bradley's coming back. They haven't even announced any potential interviews for a defensive he, coordinator. Yeah. So it, it just it just feels like he's staying. Yeah, he's got enough connections around the league to where I think word would have got out by now if he wasn't returning. So right. there's probably nothing to report on that one. So special teams, it ain't sexy, but we tried to make it sexy for you guys. Uh, before we move on to talk about free agency and everything they need to do surrounding the quarterback, Let's talk about the squad over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and the calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar compared to a whopping 17 grams of protein. Just head to Walmart or Sam's Club today to buy a box. All right, so uh, you guys were pretty interested in uh, what the Colts need to do surrounding the quarterback position and what to do giving Shane Steichen weapons and and so on and so forth this offseason. First up is from K.M. Smith. What offensive pieces does Chris Ballard need to acquire either through the draft or free agency to set up Shane Steichen for success? And no, you can't say quarterback. Obviously, we've we've gone through quarterback a lot. What? Um, no. And then on defense, what needs to happen to get to the next level of consistent great performances? 
Uh, so we'll just tackle offensively first. What do you think they need to add outside a quarterback to get the offense really back on track? Well, first off, as an offensive line coach, that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> an offensive line coach. Let's get back to the coaching stuff. No, I think an offensive line coach that knows what they're doing and just, you know, a very good offensive line coach to just get back whatever spark this offensive line has lost. You know, they have three guys who are Pro Bowl caliber players, and then they have a young, promising player in Bernard Ryman. Like, there's no excuse that this group should have been as bad as what they were last year. We even saw down the stretch last season that they they're capable of being a fine offensive line it's just we just didn't see it for majority of the season so obviously landing the offensive line coach also landing a right guard uh maybe that is will fries maybe will fries comes out in the start of camp and has lost like 10 pounds and is moving like an elite athlete and just looking like a superstar and we have all of our answers there but you know adding at least another body there another capable body alongside will fries to potentially be the starter and having a legit open competition between those two, you know, or, or even if you're giving it to the new, whatever, if you're going for like an, an Isaac Suomalo type guy and, and you're starting him at right guard, whatever, you know, get something more solidified there at right guard. So that's not an issue. And you're having a bunch of solid pieces around Bernard Ryman at left tackle. And you can kind of just, you know, he's the only question mark, you know, going into next season. Uh, that's a huge thing. I still think they need more help at wide receiver. You know, I, I think they have a couple of decent pieces, uh, if they bring back a Paris Campbell, even that does, you know, alleviate some of it. Uh, but I think they just need another impact player. You know, it doesn't even have to be someone who's going to catch 100 passes or or he's going to go off for 1400 yards, but just having another like capable, solid player. And I think this is an area in free agency where you can grab like, you know, a wide receiver three, a wide receiver four, just to be a steady and dependable type guy behind the top guys. Uh, I really think that's that's def- desperately needed. And then on top of that, you know, this is the crazy minor need, but I just think it's really important. They need a blocking tight end. <laughs> they need a blocking tight end so bad. I don't know if that's going to be Moelle Cox getting back to what he was before last year. I don't know if that's going to be Andrew Ogletree, you know, potentially being that. But however they can get it, they need a blocking tight end because these tight ends were so awful in blocking last season and it just killed Frank Reich's running scheme. Like I know Frank Reich's rushing attack just relies a lot on tight ends being good blockers. Uh, and these guys were just terrible. Like they were just awful in run blocking. So they need to improve in that regard for sure. Maybe adding somebody there or just someone showing more, but yeah, you know, this offense, it, it was terrible last year, but I don't think it's that far away from at least being adequate. They just need to add a couple more pieces to, to make it work. You're on mute, Jake. <laughs> Haley, there we are. Uh, so I, I think um, the right quarterback can make a world of difference. We've we've seen that before. I really don't have much different to add to that other than maybe some names. You, you mentioned Isaac Samalo. That'd be a good one. Trey Turner, another option there for guard. Um, I don't. I think Alan Lazard probably not going to happen. Apparently, he's going to be bougie about where where he picks to go. Uh, Come to Indy, buddy. That's the quote I saw today. Uh, DJ Chark is someone who's probably going to be a little cheaper, but could fill a similar role. Uh, And then Chris Manhurts in that blocking tight end role. Right. I'd be okay with it. Cheap, experienced, probably not going to eat into the snaps of the younger guys. Low maintenance. Look, Alan Lazard, man, we're a bougie town here in Indy. <laughs> we we might have like an Andy Dalton type of backup next year. You know how bougie that is right there? Like that, <laughs> you doesn't, it doesn't get more bougie than like an Andy Dalton or a Gardner Minshew. Like, come on. 
Come on, right? Lazard. Come. We need that blocking receiver. Come, come down to Indy. We need you. <laughs> now, okay, so real quick, defensively, is there anything you think they need to add to make them a more consistent unit? I think a, um, just a better cornerback, too. And I'm not saying Isaiah Rogers Sr. can't be that. Like, again, when I talk additions, I'm not just talking, you know, acquire someone new. I'm just saying somebody being that role that the team needs. I think another, like uh, just a really good cornerback too, to go alongside Stephon Gilmore, you know, that could be Isaiah Rogers senior. That could be someone with connections to Shane Steichen, like James Bradbury, who's a free agent this off season, you know, or maybe a promising young player that uh, Chris Ballard might've liked during his draft year and Sean Murphy bunting, you know, th- those are some solid players that could be out there just to upgrade that quarterback room. Cause I think that cornerback room needs a little bit of an upgrade. And Chris Ballard has shown in the past, you know, he doesn't really dive into free agency too much, but he does for corner. We have seen him do it for corner quite a few times. Pierre Desir, uh, Xavier Rhodes, and Stephon Gilmore this past season. Uh, he does dive into it, so maybe a James Bradbury or a Sean Murphy bunting could make some sense there. Uh, outside of that, you know, just adding more to the pass rush. You know, they just, they're just going to need more and more pass rush, uh, and probably another linebacker because EJ Speed might be gone this offseason. Uh, Bobby Okereke might be gone this offseason. We have no clue what Shaquille Leonard's status is going forward. So we, who knows if he's going to be back to what he was. Adding another dependable linebacker in there, whether through the draft or free agency, makes a lot of sense as well. So, yeah, there are a couple needs. I don't think this defense is complete, you know, by any by any regard. But, you know, it's definitely closer than the offense right now. <laughs> they are closer than the offense is. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think there are some minor needs on top of, you know, they need to get that cornerback too and maybe even slot corner figured out. Yeah, I so much of their needs is are wait and see to where I I can't even like adequately give an answer. I will say I think they need to make sure they have someone else on the line who can rush the passer, whether it's preferably from the inside because they had like no depth on the interior last year. It seemed like Um, it depends on if they re-sign Yannick Ngakwe because they'll need a, a third exterior pass rusher. The linebacker situation seems like a mess right now just because it's a big mystery what's Shaquille Leonard's status Bobby Okereke and EJ Speed free agency we don't know what to expect there and then I think you nailed it they they need more depth at cornerback the Brandon face on thing didn't really work out they need another reliable outside corner and again Stefan Gilmore not getting younger so right you need another capable body there as well um What's going to happen with Kenny Moore? You know, is Julian Blackman your plan to replace him if Kenny Moore goes somewhere? What are you going to do there? There, It's, again, there's way too many questions for me to be able to answer things adequately right now. But Yeah. Well, last know. one I'll, I'll throw into there just because mm-hmm. just to add another question. This will be my fan question to you, Jake. Oh, okay. You know, obviously we talk Gardner Minshew a lot with veteran quarterbacks because the Colts are going to redo their whole quarterback room. You know, I don't, I don't know outside of Sam Ellinger, it's going to be a completely different quarterback room. It might not even include Sam Ellinger. So veteran quarterbacks, obviously we have Gardner Minshew. Who do you think are some other guys that we could potentially look at? Cause I, you know, I said Andy Dalton somewhat mm. in jest a second yeah. ago, but I know Chris Ballard was interested in him a couple years ago. So we could, yeah. See that. Guys, we know they've had interest in within the last few years, and I'm going to scratch Derek Carr off the list because it's way too expensive right. uh, and just not realistic. Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston. Now that we've seen Jameis Winston back up someone like Andy Dalton for a year for reasons I don't know, 
we know that it's now probably feasible that he could back up a, a rookie and it'd right. be an option. Uh, Marcus Mariota was out there because uh, it looks like Atlanta will go in a different direction. Um, I had someone else. I don't know. Marcus yeah. Mariota is interesting. That one's yeah. kind of interesting. They they have thought of that one for a while. So mm-hmm. it makes sense because, again, he's mobile. He's accurate. He has a good head on his shoulder. So he might be a really good backup for a Shane Steichen offense. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's. Uh, it's gonna bug me that I can't think of the other guy that I had in my list. But yeah, <laughs> the one one thing I will say again, maybe this is just the Zach news breaking stuff. This isn't really news. This is old news. But I remember uh, briefly from a conversation with someone else that just before the Colts eventually pivoted to Carson Wentz that one, that off season, they were considering trading a third round pick for Marcus Mariota. Like, and they were going. They were they were pretty close to doing that. If when yeah. I remember when he was I the backup we, there. Yeah, we had chatted about that before and when it looked like the Carson Wentz thing was maybe not gonna happen, but right. Apparently the Colts were still in it. But yeah, Mariota seemed a really realistic that year. So yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. If you guys are Marcus Mariota fans, he's gonna have his Netflix little thing coming up soon. So you guys could maybe Is find he? out. Yeah, maybe find out about uh the Colts future backup quarterback, but guys, we're going to have a little bit of fun in our last segment here. We're going to talk about some draft quarterbacks and some combine questions that you guys had, mostly some, some fun ones in jest here. So we're going to talk about that here in just a second. But first you've heard us talk about this mobile game, and I can't tell you how much fun we've had competing against our fellow locked on NFL host. Well, now it's your turn to compete. If you've ever dreamed of becoming NFL GM and managing your football franchise, then this game is definitely for you. Of course, guys, I'm talking Ultimate Football GM. You're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by constructing your roster, front office, coaching staff, and navigating your franchise through all the ups and downs of a season. We've created a locked-on league for you to compete against locked-on fans all over the world. Can you be the ultimate locked-on football GM? Choose the Locked On League in the app to join. Can you create a football dynasty? Locked On Colts listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. All right, Jake. So you have the questions over here, so it's hard mm-hmm. for me to segue out of out of <laughs> out of that there. So, Jake, yeah. what are some? We had some quarterbacks, some combine questions. What what do you got for me here, Jake? So let's go with this real interesting one first. That's not as snarky. Uh, this is from <laughs> our boy uh, Felipe Costa. He said, "Every draft, there's a disconnect between how the league and the media and draft Twitter sees certain prospects." which leads them ending up picked in a surprising place, either falling or picked way too early. Which of the top four quarterbacks is the most likely to be picked in a surprising spot? That's Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. That's an interesting one. It's tough this year, man, because if you look at these top four quarterbacks, there's there's no Trevor Lawrence. There's no Andrew Luck. There's no Joe Burrow. You know, that guy that we know for a fact is going top 10 or top five. You know, we don't have that this year. We have four guys who, if you told me right now they fell out of the top 10, I'd be like, all right, I kind of see it. Like, you know, there's, but there's not like a four, there's not a guy where I'd be like, oh my gosh, how the heck did they fall out of the top 10? We just don't have that this year, you know? 
Uh, like Bryce Young, for instance, if he fell in the top 10, I'd be like, okay, yeah, he's going to be really tiny at the, you know, he plays really tiny. He's a small guy. I know our comment section goes crazy about that every time we say anything about Bryce Young, about how tiny he is. So I could definitely see teams being scared of that and being like, hey, we don't want a 180 pound, 190 pound quarterback, you know, in the top 10. So I could totally see that. CJ Stroud, he's a guy who is a pretty safe quarterback. You know, there's nothing super wowing about his game. But we've seen Ohio State quarterbacks follow the top 10 quite a bit. You know, NFL teams clearly do not like that system. You know, we saw we've seen pretty I don't think we've had an Ohio State quarterback go top 10 in the last like 20 something years or if ever. Someone will have to fact check me with that. But teams just don't like that Ryan Day Urban Meyer offense. And when you have a quarterback like C.J. Stroud, who I think C.J. Stroud is better than any quarterback they've ever had there at Ohio State, at least, in, again, in the last like 20 years. Like he's a very, very good quarterback. But I could see, you know, when you have a guy who's kind of limited in his ceiling, not a super strong arm, not this high upside guy, and then you have him in an offense that you don't like, yeah, I could see him falling out of the top 10. Anthony Richardson, you know, he's all tools, but there's not really much there on the field as of right now, below 60% passer in college. So I could totally see him falling out of the top 10. And then Will Levis, you know, he's 20, he's going to be 24 during his rookie season. Still not really that developed as a quarterback, you know, still kind of a project. So, yeah, him falling out of the top 10 makes sense to me, too. So, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I could go with any of these four guys. Gun to my head, I'd probably say that most likely to fall out would be Anthony Richardson or maybe C.J. Stroud. I, I don't know. <laughs> like Again, I, I was shocked when Justin Fields fell out of the top 10 years ago. So C.J. Stroud falling out of the top 10 wouldn't shock me as much because now I'm kind of prepared for it, but – yeah, I, I, any of these quarterbacks could fall the top 10 to me, and I wouldn't be like super shocked. But traditionally, three quarterbacks go top 10 is what it is. It's traditionally three. Sometimes we'll get four, but it's almost always three. So I feel like one of them is going to fall the top 10 or at least fall to like the late part of the, of the top 10. I can't tell you who that's going to be right now, though. It's It could literally be any of these guys to me. No, you're right. This is a weird one where you can make an argument for each of the four to fall out of the top 10. You can make an argument for each of the four to go number one overall. Right. It's it's a weird one. I think the biggest surprise, just to answer this one, I'll say Bryce Young. Although these the, like he's been playing small for his whole career. So we the tape we're watching is him playing small. Right. So you either like it or don't. But so much of it is projection and it will he get hurt. I th- I think considering he's been m- he's the most commonly thought of top quarterback, I think we'll say he's the most likely to have a slide just because he has the highest expectations. Right. So I think a lot of teams will be scared off by that that size. Before Shane Steichen came to the Colts, we thought Bryce Young was you know not going to happen because you know it takes a, it, it seems like it would take a certain type of coach to really disregard that and not care and want to work with him so i think teams are going to be picky i'll just say bryce young on that one yeah the one i'll say i'll say will levis would shock me the most and not because i don't i mean he's my qb4 so i would probably have him falling outside the top 10 personally but we've seen every single person who's connected to anything in the nfl being like just drooling over will levis all offseason on how he's going to kill it on the whiteboard how he's going to kill it in shorts uh how Teams love his arm and the pro system he played in. And and again, I, I'm not saying Will Levis is a bad quarterback. I actually think he's better than what most people think. But 
I would be shocked if we fell the top 10 purely because of all this hype that's been going from, from national media and connected people. It feels like he's bound for top five or even maybe even first overall. Yeah. Gosh, I seriously every day have a new answer. It's like, I think Will Levis might be the first quarterback because of like what you hear people think about. I don't know. Stroud seems the safest. Bryce Young's probably the best. Richardson has the highest upside. Right. I just don't know. Uh, And then a a funny, we'll get into the snarky now. Uh, Our guy, Kenan said, what is your height weight predictions for Bryce Young next week at the combine? And then he got a lot of answers to that. (laughs) uh, (laughs) What do you think? Oh man. Okay. So years ago, if you told me Kyler Murray was going to come in at five ten, I would have been like, what wearing heels, you know, like (laughs) there's no way Kyler Murray is going to be five ten. So it kind of distorted my entire perception of actual height, you know, because I still don't believe Kyler Murray is 5'10". He has to be 5'6". It just makes more sense in my head that he's 5'6". But Bryce Young, I'm going to say 5'9 and a half, 198 pounds. So just under 200. And then he's not going to work out. <laughs> That's what I'm going to go with. No workout whatsoever. He'll do the interviews. He'll be 5'9 and a half, maybe 5'10". And then he'll be 198 pounds. That's what I'll guess. I was going to say 198 pounds as well, but I'm going with <laughs> five, nine and seven eighths. Oh, just, okay. It won just up a hair. <laughs> well, what happens is when these guys get the seven eighths, everyone rounds that up and they're like, he's five ten. But with this, because the biggest <laughs> gripe is his height, people will say he's five, nine. Right. Um, right. So I'm going to say five, nine and seven eighths. 198 was my initial weight. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that he gets the 201 because he's going to slam a huge bottle of water right before the weigh in might even throw up with all the water weight right there. 201, five, nine and seven eights, 201 pounds. Definitely will not work out. No, no. And then that at, is at not day. running a 40. Yeah. And then as pro day, he'll be five, 10 and a half and he'll be 188 pounds and he'll <laughs> go out there in shorts and, and just look amazing. And it'll be, uh, another thing that doesn't really give us many answers throughout the whole offseason, which is typically what these combines and pro days do unless someone bombs it. So, yeah, I don't expect the the Bryce Young is too small narrative to go away regardless, unless he somehow shows up at the combine at six foot to 10, you know, and he do, he goes through that like Willy Wonka, like stretch machine or whatever, and still somehow gains weight like that that's the only way I can see it happening. But the Bryce Young is too small narrative is going to be here until April, regardless if he ends up in Indy, he's, it's always going to be there with him. Yeah, no, the, the Kyler comparisons are great because I feel like on film, Kyler feels like the smallest quarterback I've really ever Smallest person. Watched. Smallest yeah. person. He's he's actually like three yeah. feet tall. Like yeah. he, <laughs> he's scooting around between legs and stuff out there. He, I have no clue how he hit 5'10". I'm still shocked to this day. Most most surprising combine thing ever was him yeah, 5'10". <laughs> You can't really, yeah, because you can't really hide your height. So I don't, no. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. So we appreciate you guys' questions uh, once again for this episode. That is it for us today. We'll be back next week as the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine kicks off. And for the first time, you guys will see us recording together in person. 
That's right. Zach is going to be my second adopted child next week. <laughs> uh, he's going to join me there, uh, downtown Indy, for all the stuff with the combine. We will bring you guys wall to wall coverage. We'll probably bring you short videos and long episodes. We're planning on doing a bunch of interviews. Just going to be jam packed with combine stuff next week. Yep. And you know that room that you guys are seeing on Jake's screen right there? That's going to be my bedroom for. <laughs> For a couple days, air mattress right. and hall. That's going to be my bedroom right there oh, yeah. just on the floor. Uh, Jake will be kicking me while he's doing office work all week. But yeah, <laughs> guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter. Also subscribe to Locked on Colts podcast on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast. We love your ratings and reviews. And guys, we will see you next week live from Indianapolis.